Hello and welcome to the King Sanctuary International Carries Power Talk with Apostle David Additional Jubaro. We hope that you'll be inspired and motivated as you join us to discover more from God's Word. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I welcome every one of us to this wonderful service this evening, and I trust God that um, what he had in plan and proposed for today's meeting, we will fulfill in our individual lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I'd like to welcome all our online viewers to this grace-empowered service today, and I know the Lord that has positioned you to be part of this meeting this evening has something wonderful and beautiful for you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. By the grace of God, we have been looking at the subject of manifesting Jesus always as a Christian. We have delved into several things that can enhance and enable us to manifest this Jesus in every area of our life. Jesus Christ made us to understand that as the Father has sent him, so he has sent us. We see that in the book of John chapter 17 and verse 18. Why do we need to manifest Jesus? Because as Jesus is sent of the Father, so we too, we are sent the same. Let's look at the book of John chapter 17 and verse 18. John chapter 17 and verse 18. And Jesus said, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. As the Father has sent Jesus into the world, he has also sent every believer into the world to manifest and to show forth the praises of the Almighty God. The Bible says in the book of First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Said, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, when you look at that scripture in the Old King James Version, let's look at the Old King James Version, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a chosen generation. You have been called out of darkness to show forth the praises of God. And Jesus said in that John chapter 17, verse 18, As the Father have sent me, so sent I you. 
Jesus actually came to show forth the praises of God. Jesus came as a true representative and a true representation of God. In the book of Hebrew chapter 1, Hebrew chapter 1 from verse 1, glory to God. Hebrew chapter 1 and verse number 1. Jesus was spoken of in Hebrew chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, God, who was at various times and in various ways, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophet, the next verse. As in these last days, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world, the next verse, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the brightness and the express image of God. He said, God in the sundry time, in the time past, speaks to us through the prophet. But now Jesus came, God is no longer speaking through the prophet as it were. God himself came to speak to us through Jesus Christ. So Jesus is a representation of the Father. And Jesus Christ said, just as the Father sent him to represent him, so he also he has sent you and I as a believer. So every believer is a representation of Jesus Christ. No wonder the scripture says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and um, talking about our experience and our position as a believer in Christ. We are called and we are sent to represent Jesus. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19, it said that is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20 now says, now, now, not tomorrow, now, not next week, now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God, we are pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So every believer, we are ambassador for Christ. We are Christ's ambassadors. Wherever we go, we represent the interest of heaven. We are the one who established the will of God on the earth. So a Christian is not just a Christian by name. A Christian is a person with a designation. You have been designated. You have been given a special assignment to be an ambassador, a representative of God on the earth. So to manifest Jesus Christ, we must understand that it is not what we choose to be, it is what God made us to be. We are made to be the ambassador. 
we are made to be the mouthpiece and the voice, the leg, the eyes, the hand of Jesus, wherever we are found. So we are not just Christian for the sake of it. We are Christian to represent the interest of God on the earth. Having said that, we need to also understand that all these will not become a reality or will not be able to manifest if certain factors are not established in us as a Christian, if certain truth is not embraced. And one of such truth that needs to be embraced for you and I to be able to manifest, to be a true ambassador of heaven on the earth is to acknowledge what we have in Christ. We have talked about acknowledging who we are is inexhaustible, but because of time, we just scratch the surface, but we looked at acknowledging what we have in Christ. Last Sunday, we looked at the subject of acknowledging what we have in Christ. We have looked at the subject of what we are and who we are in Christ, but we looked at what we have in Christ. And we said, according to the scripture, when you and I become a believer, when you accept Christ as your personal Lord and your Savior, you have the blessing of God upon your life. You have the blessing. Understanding the fact that you have the blessing, that makes it very, very possible for you and I to be able to establish God's will on the earth and to be able to truly be a representative of God. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. Say me, I have the blessing. So as a believer in Christ, for you and I to manifest, you must know that you have the blessing. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, Blessed be God. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly in Christ. Who has blessed us in Christ. And when you read further, verse 4 says, Just as he has chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, according to the good pleasure of his will. This blessing that has been bestowed on you and I, the Bible made us understand that it is according to the good pleasure of God's will. That simply means it is not based on what you do or what you did not do. It is not based on you trying to impress God. It is according to the good pleasure of his will. It's according to what pleases him. God blessed you in Christ because it pleases God to bless you in Christ. You are blessed in Christ because it pleases God. Now, there are things that people work for and there are things that are bestowed on you. The things that you work for, you may be afraid to lose it. 
But the thing that is bestowed upon you, it is the one who bestowed it upon you that can withdraw it. And the blessing that you and I will have in Christ is bestowed on you by God. And this blessing, God said, he does not have the plan to withdraw it. So the scripture says, you have the blessing. The blessing. Now somebody say, what does it mean to be blessed? The blessing of God is the pronouncement of God's favor upon people. When God pronounced you blessed, it is the pronouncement of his favor over your life. It is not based on what you have done. It is not based on what you have not done. It is not based on what you have given or what you have not given. It is based on his own prerogative. The Bible says, just verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, in love, having predestined us to adoptions as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. I love this. He said, according to the good pleasure of his will, according to the good pleasure of his will, according to the good pleasure of his will, it's not according to what I desire or what I deserve. It is according to the good pleasure of his will. So everybody that believe in Christ, everyone who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are blessed. And this blessing, we said, is irreversible. When God blessed you in Christ, that blessing remained permanent over your life. That blessing remained permanent over what you do. That blessing remained permanent because it is according to his good pleasure. Verse C says, to the praise of the glory of his grace. This is to praise his grace, his bestowed goodness, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. This blessing become a reality in your life because it was based on the acceptance you receive in Christ Jesus. When you become a believer, when you receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you receive acceptance of God. Everyone in Christ is accepted by God, not based on what they have done, not based on the works and the works they have not done. They are accepted in Christ because Jesus was accepted by the Father. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 4, when God declare his acceptance of Christ, Matthew chapter 4, praise the name of Jesus Christ. Better still, let's speak our reading from Matthew chapter 3 so that we can connect. Verse 16, the Bible says, And he had been, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Verse 17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, 
This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, the Bible says, You and I, we have been accepted in that which God is well pleased in. And the person that God is well pleased in is Jesus Christ. Say with me, because God is pleased with Christ, he is also pleased with me. And that's why I don't believe in the doctrines of God opening someone's heaven. Jesus' heavens was opened upon him. And when that heavens opened upon Jesus Christ, the Bible says a voice came. The essence of the heavens to be opened upon Jesus was for the pronouncement of the word. So that God, the word rather, we know that Jesus is accepted. So every believer, therefore, in Christ, that is also accepted in Christ Jesus, is living under perpetual open heaven. Glory to God. Everyone that is accepted in Christ is living under perpetual open heaven. There is never a time and there will never be a time that the heavens upon a believer in Christ will be short. The Bible may talk about short heaven in the Old Testament. That was under the Old Covenant. But under the New Covenant, the heavens of every one believer in Christ is open perpetually and nobody can shut it. Nothing can shut the heaven of a believer. The Bible says, when heaven opened upon Jesus, heaven also opened upon you. Because God accepted you in Christ. Whatever therefore is true of Jesus, the same also is true of you. So you need to understand that, that you have the blessing of God. And the Bible said, this blessing, it makes rich and add no sorrow. The blessing of God you have makes it difficult for situation of life to overcome you. The blessing of God you have exempts you from all evils. The blessing of God you have established your path in the right way of righteousness. That blessing is there. You must take advantage of it and you must always be conscious of that for you and I to be able to manifest Christ wherever we are. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. I say praise the name of Jesus Christ. Now we are continuing again on acknowledging. We talked about acknowledging what we have, acknowledging who we are, and also acknowledging our position in Christ. For you to manifest, you must also acknowledge your position in Christ. We need to acknowledge our position in Christ. If you don't acknowledge your position in Christ and be able to stand by that position. You see, when we teach the word of God, in Christ Jesus, everything is already done. In Christ, everything is already done. He said, he has blessed us. But the essence of teaching the believer 
is for you and I to come to the knowledge of what is already yours. Because what you don't know, you will suffer from it. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not the devil. The devil actually operates and functions where there is a lack of knowledge. That's why the Bible calls him the rulers of darkness. He rules in the area of darkness. And that's what darkness actually represents lack of knowledge. So when we teach the word of God, we are not actually inventing things. We are only helping you to reveal things, to uncover what you have in Christ which you don't know. And because many are ignorant of some of the things that we have in Christ, we live below expectation. We are neither excellent and we are neither below. We are just living a mediocrity life, a life of a mediocre. Because when you don't know, you don't know. So Jesus said, when you know, the knowledge you know will make you free. You'll be free from a life of a mediocre. So the essence of teaching the world the essence of teaching the doctrine of Christ is to establish you in that which you have already, which you did not know. So every believer that wants to function in accordance to God's will and God's plan and purpose for his life, all you need to do, if there is anything you need to do, is to do to know. Amen? Is to do to know. Christianity is not about doing, 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 but much more is about knowing, knowing, knowing. So when you know, you will live the life that God ordained for you. So we need to acknowledge all those things that we have in Christ in order for us to be able to manifest him. And I said tonight we are looking at acknowledging your position in Christ acknowledging your position. What as his death, his burial, his resurrection, what position, where has he placed you? And what made this position eternal? Irrespective of the father, whether you know it or not. You see, whether you know it or not, that is what position you have. But when you know it, it begins to work on your behalf. Because when you know, you believe. And when you believe, you receive and you experience. So that is the essence of knowing. When you know, you believe. And when you believe, you begin to experience what you believe. Of course, you know the Bible talks about the importance of knowledge as relating to salvation. The importance of knowledge as relating to our salvation. In the book of Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, let me quickly take us there to see how important knowledge is. Just as many today, by the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus died for the whole world. But when you know it, it enables you to appropriate it into your life. When you appropriate it, it affects the way you live your life. Now, in Romans chapter 10, the Bible was speaking about how people get saved. From verse 11, the Bible says, For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. 
For there is no distinction between Jews and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then verse 14, ask a very a game-changing question, which is the same with everything in Christ. He said, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? I'd like you to look at the sequence of that writing. He began by saying, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then the writer went further and said, how shall they call on him whom they have not believed? That means you can't receive or you can't take hold of what is yours in Christ if you don't believe. Look at the next pattern. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? That is talking about knowledge. When you are hearing something, you are receiving information. You are receiving knowledge about that thing. So he said, how shall they call on him of whom, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So number one, you cannot take hold of what is yours except you believe. You cannot believe except you know. So before you receive any blessing from God, you have to believe. And before you believe, you must have the knowledge that that thing is available. So it's important for us to acknowledge, to agree to the truth. He said, and how shall they hear without a preacher? That is where the apostles, the teachers, the evangelists, the prophet, the pastor comes in. Their responsibility is to let you and I to know what we have not known in order for us to believe so that we can receive and walk in the proper appropriation of those things. So it's important for you to seek for knowledge. It's important for us to acknowledge and to seek for the things that we have in Christ. As a matter of fact, I believe a true Christian should be a disciple. And what does it mean to be a disciple? A disciple is a learner. A disciple is a learner. So Christianity is for discipleship. It is for those who are willing to learn. Because what you don't know, you cannot benefit from it. People say what you don't know cannot kill you. But the point still remains that Many people die because of lack of knowledge. He said, my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. So, so now we are looking at another thing you need to know and acknowledge it, agree with it, accept the fact. And that is acknowledging your position in Christ as a believer. Where is my position in Christ? What is my position in Christ? How does God sees me as a believer in Christ Jesus? How does God sees me? Where is my position? 
The word position actually talks about your standing, where you stand, where you stand in the eyes of God. What, how does God seize you? Because when you know your stand with God, it will also help you to know how God sees you. The position of a believer, the standing of a believer before God, a believer is standing in Christ's righteousness. Amen? Your stand is in Christ's righteousness. That means in the eyes of God, when the Lord sees you, he sees you as Christ. When you appear, when you pray, when you come to request, when God is hearing your voice, the one God hears is our voice, is the voice of Jesus. So you stand in Christ's righteousness. That is your position as a Christian. You stand in Christ's righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Because the word righteousness actually means right standing. The position where you occupy. You are the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be seen for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. So you and I today, by the virtue of what Christ has done for you and I, your position is changed. You are now standing as a righteous man and a righteous person before the Lord. And because you know that you are standing in the righteousness of Christ, that makes it very easy for you and I to manifest Christ wherever you are. Because you are conscious of your position. And that position is the position of righteousness. In the book of Romans chapter 3, praise the Lord. Romans chapter 3 the Lord was opening our eyes to understand. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at this present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of one who has faith in Jesus. Just and the justifier. So a man that is standing in his righteous position is justified before God. Is justified 
before God. So as a Christian, as a believer in the finished work of Christ, you are standing in the righteousness of Christ. You are standing in that righteousness of Christ. It is not in your own righteousness. You are standing in the righteousness of Christ. If you stand before God in your own righteousness, it becomes so difficult for you to manifest Jesus on the earth. Why? Because in your own righteousness, you will always find fault. You will always discover there are things that are missing that will make it difficult for you to be a true representative of Christ. But when you know that you are not standing in your own righteousness, but rather you are standing in the righteousness of God, I mean, of Christ. So when God sees you, he sees Jesus. We put on Christ. That's what the Bible says. He said, those of us who are believed, we are put on Christ. So when you believe, what you do, you put on Christ's righteousness. He does not see you anymore. Rather, he sees Christ in you. Every time God looked at a believer... All he sees is Jesus Christ. Paul was sharing with us the danger of standing in one's own righteousness. And he said, those righteousness, they are like a filthy rag before God. Let's look at the book of Philippians chapter 3. As Paul was trying to show us the two kinds of righteousness and the impact of the same in the life of a person. He said in verse, was narrating to us how he was boasting in his righteousness, which is according to Judaism. Because most of the time, people think Christianity and Judaism, they are the same. Christianity and Judaism, they are not the same. Judaism is standing in your own righteousness before God. Why Christianity is standing in Christ's righteousness before God. So Paul was telling us how he needed to be converted from righteousness of self. And what as that is considered to become tongues. In Philippians chapter 3 and from verse 6, it said concerning zeal persecuting the church. Or let's start from verse 4. It said, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else think he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcise the eight days of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin of Hebrew of Hebrew, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning the zeal persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these have I counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as loss of all I've count them, suffer, I've suffered the loss of all things, and I've count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Verse 9. And being found in him, position, being found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law 
but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So the righteousness which is from God by faith, that is what Christianity is. Christianity is not the same as Judaism. Christianity is standing in the righteousness of Christ. You stand before God, you feel accepted, not because of what you are doing or what you are not doing, but because of what Christ has done for you. Because the Bible says our own righteousness is like a filthy rag. Many have been limited. They cannot manifest because every time they are about to manifest to establish the will of God on the earth on behalf of Christ, the devil remind them that the package of your relationship with God is not based on your righteousness in Christ. It is based on your own self-righteousness. And as long as you keep on remembering what you have not done well, you find yourself in a state of self-defeat. When you don't understand that your position in God is not based on what you have done, but rather based on the righteousness that is in Christ. That is the position of a believer. Your position is in the righteousness of Christ. So you can appear before God without any sense of guilt or condemnation. David said something many times ago. I think it's in, I, you know, maybe in Psalm chapter 63, verse thereabout, I don't know. But the Bible says there, yeah, he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And many people actually, they have used that scripture as searching and be choosing, your, I mean, be checking your heart so that God will answer your prayer. What David actually said, if I stand before God with my own self-righteousness, I will be disqualified. Because when you regard iniquity, when you consider that you, are not, you have not done enough to get God's answer to your prayer, you will feel discouraged. So when you want to receive from God, you must always be conscious and stand in the righteousness of Christ, not in your own righteousness. You see, when we pray in Jesus' name, it is not just a conclusion of prayer. It's simply saying, I'm standing in the righteousness of Christ. That is what it means when you say, in Jesus' name. That's why Jesus says, in my name, you shall cast out devil. It's only by his righteousness the devil will hear you. When you don't stand in Christ's righteousness, the devil will rubbish you. A lot of people today, they even stand in the righteousness of their pastor. Hear me very well. The man may be nice, may be good, but hear me. There is no one that is more righteous than the other. If you are in Christ, our righteousness is equal. Glory to God. Our righteousness is equal. So praying in someone's name, apart from the name of Jesus, you will position yourself for defeat. He said in my name, not in anybody pastor's name. Because it's only his righteousness that is accepted by God. Glory to God. Jesus is the only man that is spotless, that is accepted by God. Now let's look at what the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5, so that you understand what I'm talking about. 
Many people have said, if you want God to bless you, you need to obey God. Of course, that's what the Bible called the obedience of faith. Obedience in the New Testament is not meeting all the conditions to be blessed. The only condition at all if you have to meet is the condition of faith, which is called obedience to faith. So when you have faith in Christ, you have fulfilled all the demand for obedience. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus became your obedience when he died. Now in Romans chapter 5, let's pick our reading from verse 17 so that we can understand what I'm talking about. It is the position of Jesus. People talked about there's a position of righteousness and there's a righteousness of works. No, the righteousness that is accepted by God is the righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. So that is your position. In Romans chapter 5 verse 17, the Bible says from verse 17, For if by one man's offense, death reign through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gifts of righteousness, we reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Verse 18, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Verse 19, if you can read together, let's read together. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinner. So also, by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So the only obedience that is needed is the obedience of Christ. And he said, by that obedience of Christ, everyone who believes in him is now being made righteous. So you need to acknowledge that righteousness is not based on what you've done or what you've not done righteousness is faith in Christ and that's what positions you before God the word righteousness I said it it is a right standing your standing your position before God so a Christian a believer is standing righteous before God so if there's any obedience at all a Christian should have, it is called the obedience of faith. Obedience of faith. Now let's look at that so that you can get what I'm talking about. Romans chapter 16 and from verse 26. Or let's start from verse 25 for better understanding. Romans chapter 16 verse 25. The obedience that is expected or required of a Christian is called the obedience to the faith. So no matter how much you try to obey all the laws and ten commandments, if your faith is not in Christ, you are living in disobedience. In, in Romans chapter 16 verse 25, now 
to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began but now made manifest by the prophetic scripture made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith for the obedience to the faith for obedience to the faith so our obedience in Christ is faith it's not obeying certain set rules and it is this faith that positions you as righteous before God. Shout hallelujah to that. I say it is this faith that positioned you as righteous. Paul started Romans chapter 1 and he ended that book of, the book of Romans with the same statement. In Romans chapter 1 verse, you know from verse 1, Paul was giving us the credential and the backbone of his revelation. And he said in Romans chapter 1 verse 1, he said, Paul, a born servant of Jesus Christ, to be an apostle separated to the gospel of God, which is promised before through his prophet in the Holy Scripture. He's saying to us, the gospel I preach is not new. It has been promised by the prophet through the Holy Scripture talking about Jesus concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead so he said my gospel is based on two things I preach the gospel because it has been spoken of concerning Jesus by the prophet he said also the backbone of my gospel is the resurrection Jesus resurrected he said verse 5 through him we have received grace and the apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name among whom also are the call of Jesus so obedience as it were for a Christian is faith in Christ. Jesus obeyed everything on your behalf and on my behalf. And when you put your faith in him, you are also living in obedience. And that obedience, which is faith in Christ, is what bestowed on you the position of righteousness. You are in that position of righteousness because you put your faith in Christ Jesus. So everyone, every believer, or anyone that wants to actually manifest, you must be conscious of your position. You must acknowledge where you are occupying. And you must see yourself the way God sees you. How does God see you? He sees you righteous. It doesn't matter what people say, but God sees you righteous. When you see yourself the way God sees you, then you can manifest the way God wants you to manifest. Because if you don't see yourself in the position God sees you as a Christian, anytime, any day you want to show forth God's glory, the devil will tell you, look at you. You have not done enough. There are certain things you have not met up. There are certain conditions you have not met up. There are certain reasons God will not answer you. 
That explains why many Christians pray and they doubt answer to their prayer. They pray and they doubt answer to their prayer because they are relating with God on their own self-righteousness. They are not standing in the righteousness of God. Even though they pray in Jesus' name, they are not conscious of what they are saying. They just said it because that's what they told us to say. Somebody said, Pastor, should you conclude prayer with in Jesus' name before God answer? God does not answer your prayer because you said in Jesus' name. When you said in Jesus' name and you are not conscious of your righteous position, it's still a normal statement. People that get answer to prayer is not because they mention the name of Jesus. It's because they are conscious of their position in Christ. Amen? So when you say in Jesus' name, is a reminder. It ought to be a reminder of your position in Christ. That I'm praying in Christ's righteousness. Hallelujah. That you are praying in Christ righteousness and because Jesus Christ said in the book of John chapter 11 he said father I know that you have heard me and you hear me always a righteous man said father I know that you have heard me and you hear me always the same way you too you can pray and say father I know you have heard me and I know you hear me Always, because why I am praying in the position of the righteousness of Christ, I'm praying as a righteous man. Of course, the Bible didn't tell us that when Elijah prayed, he said in Jesus' name. In the book of James, chapter 3, I mean chapter 5, the Bible said, Elijah prayed, there should not be rain, and there was no rain. There should not be rain for three years, and he have there was no rain. And he prayed again, and rain came. Why? The Bible recognizes and said Elijah was a righteous man. Elijah was a righteous man. Let me tell you the truth. If the Bible said by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified. That simply means even those that their prayer were answered under the old covenant, it wasn't because they were obedient to the law. They were conscious of one thing. They have faith in God and that faith make them to stand as righteous. Because the Bible talks about Abraham. The Bible says Abraham believed in God and it was counted for him for righteousness. So our righteousness is not our obeying the law. Our righteous position is absolute faith in what Christ has done. Abraham believed and it was counted for him for righteousness. You want to get your prayer answered. You must always be conscious. As Jesus is always conscious of his righteousness. He said to the father. I know you have heard me. And I know you always hear me. Let's begin to approach the throne of grace. With righteousness consciousness. Let us always approach God's throne with consciousness of the fact that I am righteous. It's unfortunate today 
that even the people that go to church, they have categorized some people as being righteous than them. They believe that it's only those people when they pray for them, their prayer will be answered. When they pray on their own, God cannot answer because they are not as righteous as those people. It's unfortunate. This is not to, to, to disregard the portion of your pastor praying for you. But I don't believe, you know, these are mystery. People are just covering things up and make people feel that, no, until I pray for you, God can't answer you because me, I'm more righteous than you. No. We are all righteous in Christ. And if God answered the prayer of a righteous man, he can answer your prayer also. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that you cannot be prayed for, but I'm saying that for you to not feel that until somebody, there are some set of people when they pray for you, God will answer your prayer faster. It's because you don't know your position in Christ. You too, you are righteous. Shout hallelujah. You too, you are righteous. And you can pray and God will answer your prayer. You can manifest. You can show forth the praise of God. You don't have to be bombarded and be deceived because you feel that there are people. I met somebody one time. He said, he said you see, why we come to people like you to pray for us? Because he was telling me, he said, why we come to people like you to pray for us? Because we believe that you people are more closer to God than us. Error. It's an error. Let me show you that all of us are close to God. Because what brought us close to God is not our deeds. It is what Christ did. Amen. It is the doing of Jesus that brings everyone close to God. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, Paul, the apostle, he said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14, or let, let, to save our time, verse 18. Let's read from verse 18. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. For through him, Jesus, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So I told that person that told me that, that we are closer to God than them. That's why they come to us. I said, look at what the scripture says. Through Jesus, we both have access. All of us are standing righteous through Jesus. He said, through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer stranger and foreigner, but fellow citizen with the saint and member of the household of God. All of us. All of us. All of us. We are all member of the household of God. You too can have access to the Father. As a matter of fact, you have access to the Father if you are conscious of the fact that you also, you are standing in a righteous position of Christ. He said, Father, I thank you because I know you've heard me. And I know you always hear me. That means if you stand in the righteous position of the Father, of Jesus, you too you can be sure that God always hears you. He always hears you. 
But when you stand in your own self-righteousness, that's how you begin to doubt. I don't know whether God hears me or not. I pray that God will give you an understanding that you begin to walk in the acknowledging of everything that Christ has done for you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You begin to walk in the acknowledging of everything that Christ has done for you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Carrie's Power Talk with Apostle David Additional Jubaro. We are sure that you were blessed by the word. If you have any questions you would like to ask, please feel free to contact us with this number 080-370-77855. 080-370-77855. We will be thrilled to have you worship with us on one of our service days, which holds on Wednesdays by 6 p.m. and on Sunday by 9 a.m. at the King Sanctuary Auditorium, Farm Road, Umboaba, Port Harcourt. You could also join our live services online on Facebook at King Sanctuary Church. If you would love to partner with us, you can send your donation with the following account details. DT Bank 00400-64779. DT Bank 00400-64779. To know more about us and keep up to date with our activities, follow us on Instagram at the KS Church and like us on Facebook at King Sanctuary Church. Join us again same time next week as we discover more from God's word and never forget Jesus loves you. Have a wonderful day.